The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. Welcome in, everybody, to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 6. The score. Good to be with you again as the Bears get ready to meet the New England Patriots Sunday at Soldier Field. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, and our special guest this week on Bears All Access, a guy we've been trying to corral for a while, Tom. We've done how many of these shows? This is your first one with Jeff and Tom. Kyle Long, everybody. How are you guys doing? Pro Bowl guard, Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Good to have you. You uh, all juiced back up after getting drained in Miami? You know, wow, you know, that hot. I think a lot was said about, you know, the heat and whatnot, but I think the first quarter is really when you feel it and then you, your body acclimates to it. I was, a, you know, I felt like really a dead man walking there for the first five, six, seven uh, minutes probably of game time. And then as the game went on, your preparation kind of takes over. And uh, we practiced as hard as any team I've ever been on here at Hallis Hall. And, I mean, we were ready. We just didn't execute. You know what kind of stinks, though, is I noticed it when I was sitting down there before the game. When you sit on the natural grass field, it's a certain temperature. Well, when you guys would come off the field and sit on that tarp, it was like 15 degrees hotter. Even though they were holding the shades over your head, that's one thing that I felt on the sideline. That you had a, more, a little bit more contribution to the heat. Then they heated up your fans so much in the stands behind you at halftime. That was just a sea of blue seats. Even the fans were kind of <laughs> trying to re, you know, reacclimate to the heat. Yeah, it was hot. It was, uh, it was definitely a hot one down there. But you know, you go, you go down to Miami, Florida, and what do you? It's not going to be a snowstorm. So we all expected right. it to be hot. But you can tell that the uh, the architectural design was. Oh uh, yeah, the whole, one, one side shade, one side is and that's, not. And that's what Kiko Kiko Alonso is a teammate of mine from Oregon. Oregon yeah. and he, he gives it. How's that sun over there, bud? <laughs> I mean, it's a heck of a home field advantage. I think more and more because of the attention of this particular game and how hot the heat index was or high it was, that some of the national. Uh, evaluators uh, of the game are mentioning it now, yeah. Well, and they've, they've put together a pretty good home record under Adam Gase. I mean, yeah, you got to use you know, whatever advantage you have for you. And, you know, the Bears should have the same advantage, uh, you know, in, in the November wintertime. In December, But, yeah. you know, Miami's always hot. So you get these, these teams like Buffalo that don't get a chance to go and um, play in Miami until December. Yeah, I think New England's it, going down there in December. Their record there is not good. Right, right. I mean, so they, they have a tough time, but, you know, it's something you got to deal with. You kind of, to me, I'm the guy that looked at the schedule ahead of time and kind of pointed out the games that might have something like that. Do you weigh in before the games? Uh, yeah. Because I'm just kind of curious how much your body weight fluctuated in that four-hour period. I bet you probably had to lose like 15. It was 14. 20. Was it? Yeah, are you kidding me for real? Yeah. Easy. I'm being Bobby serious. Bobby Massey said that too. Yeah, 14. Honestly. There were heavy-duty. Four, 14 tr- pounds, and I'm down in Gatorades about two or three every time. Put I'm me down in Miami for a week. I'd feel much better about myself. <laughs> but, you know, right? these guys, you go through a hot training camp practice, and you'll it's go. It's 10, you'll 11 go, pounds. Yeah, easy. Easy. I mean, I, I'm naive then because that's a stunning number to me. Especially down there at Olivet Nazarene when it gets a little humid. Uh, you know, it wasn't quite Miami down there at training camp. And but. like you and I talked last week, uh, he was the subject of Joni Axe Journal last week in the pregame Honor. show. Uh, 
you know, your listed weight's 316 and you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that slays uh, me about the NFL, and I, you know, and I go through this every that week. That was my and, combine weight. Exactly. That, that That's what I'm driving at. Everybody's rosters have the playing weight. And I, I, I'll tell you a quick story because it, it does aggravate me a little bit because everybody just keeps the same height, same weight. Height's not going to change, obviously, unless somebody has some weird growth spurt at 21. Uh, but and it, that's what you're stuck with the rest of your career on, yeah. on the rosters, the produced rosters. So there was a writer, famous writer up in Green Bay, Bob McGinn. He still does writing and so forth. A very, very good writer. And I always wondered why during Super Bowl week he'd go to each team and he'd be there with his notepad. Whisk, hey, how much you weighing right now? And so I was like, yeah, okay, why? Now I understand why, because the weight is vastly different then. So you're in the 335 I'm, to 340 range now? I, I'm about 335. 335. And you know, how does that feel? I feel 335. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the Super Bowl, when we played in the Super Bowl, I put my equipment on. In New Orleans, they had a scale in the back room. So I go, I want to see what I weigh right now because I was heavy. I mean, I was eating large, too. So I put all my equipment on. I jumped on the scale. And as soon as it got over 300, I jumped off because I didn't want to see where it was going to stop. Did you, what do you think it was going to stop at? It probably was about probably 308. Now, would, was, that, uh, would that be finable? To, what did they well, want you at? You know, you probably wanted to be 295, 290 even, and you're breathing heavy and you're fat and you're in an indoor game. So, you know, the, the psychological part of it, you know, you got to feel good and, you know, so it was just one of those things. That if you, you weren't lifting and, and trying to be in football shape, where would your weight naturally fall? Do you think for a man when, of your size, it's got to be up there? When I had my ankle injury and I, I had a lot of time to really just be kind of natural Kyle weight and just kind of feeling – uh, like a like a normal human being, I was about two eighty. Well, looking long and lean. Yeah, I, I showed up after a couple months of being away, and uh, I remember Dal Loggins was like, "Is that because I had a beanie on and a beard?" He thought it was Zach Miller over there. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, thanks, bud." <laughs> you know, I, I have a, I have a question about you that kind of I want to go back to the end of your college career up and down. Did you know this Bosa story that's going on in Ohio State? Yeah, which, I was actually uh, you know I looked at a little bit. Of it today. Okay, there's very few players in the NF that come in the NFL that have this freakish ability that they're they have the size, strength, ability to be great the minute they get here. You're kind of one of those guys of your ability when you got here and your size and your strength and everything. Do you wish you had a longer college experience? And do you think that if you did have a longer college experience, completely dedicated to offensive line, what do you think it would have been different coming out? Oh man, that's a difficult question. I think I, well, I, my, my I wish is, I had a better handle on my maturity as a younger guy, and I would have kind of expedited. You know, I was twenty twenty four when I got in the league. I feel like if I came in as a twenty two year old, I'd be sitting here in year eight, and I'd have a better understanding of the offensive line position. Had I had a few more years of Division one football and a few more years in my position. Not playing D line, right? Not playing tight end, right? Uh, not playing baseball, you not know. Pitching. And that, but the only reason I'm asking you is because you know not, everybody not wants to see at a surf shop in, in Newport Beach. <laughs> That's the best thing you ever <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> but I'm, the only reason I'm asking is because there are very few people I've ever come across that have that kind of freakishness about him. And Bosa, he's you know fortunate to have you know the opportunity ahead of him. But 25 games in college and. You know, Which is not an un unrealistic number anymore for a lot of guys. No. But 
Um, but we don't see a John, lot of we no. don't see a lot of guys that can come in day one and. Well, it's drawn boom. some major criticism, obviously, for for obvious reasons. Um, but there's a big dollar figure attached to his decision. So I, I think a, as a player, I can see what he's doing. As and, a teammate, though, how would you and feel? I wholeheartedly agree with him. If I were to be a former player looking back, I'd say, "You go get your your money, big guy." But then, as a guy who also has been part of a team who has played hurt, who has had teammates stick around and stick it out. You want nothing more than a guy who's willing to stick with you regardless of what's going on. But both of you guys, you guys. And, and he has a chance to win a national championship. Yeah, right. they're second in the and country. without him on that defense, his dad was a Buckeye. His brother was a Buckeye. He has a chance to leave his legacy as a Buckeye. Now, I watched his brother play in the bowl game against my Ducks. Right. You know, I was in the stands for that game and uh, down in Dallas. And his brother was a heck of a football player in college, and now you see what he does in the NFL. There's no doubt Nick's going to be the same way, but you'd love to see him stick it out. But I know we have to go to a break, but I do want to just revisit just for one more second because both of you guys are unique that you have football experience to give you advice, <clears throat> and that's what I'd be you know be interested in because a lot of us that go into professional football, we have nobody that's ever been through that experience before. And having a brother and having a dad and having family members in the business, I'm sure they can give you a lot more wise advice than someone else that doesn't have the experience. You know, it's a dual-edged sword because uh, <laughs> sometimes you just you just want them to be your dad and you just want them to be your brother. Right. But you know that's but impossible. But they, they can't help themselves. <laughs> Kyle, you know they can't. And they, and they love me so much, yeah. and I love them so much, and that's what's uh, special about our relationship. Cool. Oh, man, let's pick it up in there after this break. Kyle Long, our guest, We're brought to you by IGS Energy. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff and Tom with you and Kyle Long, our guest this week on Bears All Access. So pleased you're joining us. Hope you're enjoying the show. And Kyle, we love having you here. Uh, Going back to what we said before the break, you know, sometimes you wish you just have dads and brothers as opposed to guys who've been at at this game for a while and your dad in the Hall of Fame and brother is a great player himself, uh, that it would just be different than just you know, maybe giving you advice you don't <laughs> you don't ask for, but it's inevitable. So, are there times when you shut them out? Uh, there are times where I take a mental vacation from it, and you know, it's it's very obvious. Uh, my dad and I are best friends; we really are. Um, he he's a great father. I have a great mother as well, Diane. She's she's you know a butt kicker. Awesome. She's at all the games, and she's a huge Bears fan. And uh, but having a brother in the league is you know somebody I can lean on for emotional support you know he was in st louis for a long time he's won two super bowls now he's seen both ends of the spectrum in the nfl uh winning all the games and losing a lot of the games and now i'm starting to get a taste for the for the good stuff in the nfl uh, you know uh tom brought it up before if you would have started your career like a normal path out of high school boom recruited play four years three years and then get to the nfl when you went to that school it was in arizona right uh, Orange County, Saddleback. Oh, or- yeah. Saddleback College. So the Saddleback was in California. The Gauchos. The Gauchos. <laughs> but when you went there and decided, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna recreate myself, was there at all any point, because just because you're big and strong doesn't mean you're getting where you are. you got to still work at it and stuff. But did you ever think or fear you wouldn't then ultimately become an NFL player 
because it's the path you're going to be taking. Really, I knew that as a kid, I was comfortable being with teammates and being on a team. I had no real intention of playing in the NFL. I just kind of I wanted to go to school. I knew that. Um, believe it or not, I, I enjoy school and I enjoy being in the books and, and learning. Uh, and also there was, uh, I remember I had, I had my own reasons for playing football. I thought I was trying to be a cool kid. And I remember, you know, some of the football players were really cool there. And then I had an opportunity to play and, you know, have an impact on my team. And then there were, uh, there were certain wants that I had and I knew that hard work and, you know, dedication to the sport and to my team were necessary to get there. And I remember when Chip Kelly offered me a scholarship offer, uh, I, I took it and I, I ran with it. And I had one year to play. And that's when I, I knew. I said, I have one year of eligibility to play and make this thing happen. And it wasn't until week 11, uh, I think it was November 3rd, 2012, that I had my first start in uh, in an Oregon uniform. And that was against USC, a team that didn't offer me a scholarship where I wanted to go initially. And uh, you know, and you kicked tail in that game. I remember going our, back and watching team, every our, snap. Our team dominated that dominated. game, and it felt good. It felt real good. Are you glad that you play a different position than your dad and your brother, so you guys can maybe bounce things off of each other? But it's not, well, you got to do it like this because you know they know that side of the game, and fortunately, your talents have put you on the right side of the ball. You know, there's, there's, the, yeah, I'm on the good guy. <laughs> I'm on with the good guys, but uh, I think there's a part of it that. Uh, my older brother and my dad understand what defensive linemen don't like. Right. And that's what they harp on with me. This is what we don't like. Do right. this. Do this. Do this. Do this. And they can speak to the mental side of the game for a defensive lineman. If you do this to me 50 times throughout the course of a game. Give us a sample. I've heard your dad during games give clues to the offensive lineman he was playing against that you're not going to be able to do against him, which was pretty funny to listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that, we got so much time to talk about that. I love to, uh, but yeah, it's just essentially just being physical. Um, I think too many times as offensive linemen, we're in we're in the mode where we're uh, cautious, and you know sometimes you can, you got to shoot your shot. I mean, you look at a guy like uh, I'm going to talk basketball, but Allen Iverson. And, I mean, he was as ferocious a competitor. He was uh, jacking up shots from everywhere. He missed a lot of shots, but he made a lot of shots. And you But know, it's tough. I mean, the pound-for-pound pound toughness that you always hear about with, with diminutive players. The players that my dad talked about were, uh, you know, Bruce, Bruce Matthews, Mike Munchak. Uh, you know, you look at guys from in between that, that generations, Walter Jones. Um, I mean, you're going to play against Mike Webster and all, the, I mean, the great I mean, John Hanna, the I greats mean, of the greats. All these guys. Yeah. Jackie Slater is yes. one that he always talks about. He said, when I lined up against Jackie Slater, I knew that I was in for a, a fight. Yeah, Richard Dent, when he was here, always talked about Lomas Brown from Detroit. Right. I'm sure your dad mentioned Tom Thayer's name a time or two. <laughs> and yeah. D, D linemen want to be the guys that are imposing their will, and what an offensive lineman can do that. Um, I, I think it pays dividends as the game goes on. You may have a couple snaps that don't go your way. 
Shake it off. I mean, even Rocky Marciano got knocked around for 11 rounds. He knocked guys out in the 12. You know, my entire time with the Chicago Bears, I only had one offensive line coach. From the day I got here to the day I left, I mean, he was the same message, preach, exact same techniques. You've had, what, three offensive line coaches in the time you've been here? I've had Cromer, Magazoo, Washburn, Heastand. That's four right. I forgot one. Wow. So you had four offensive line coaches since you've been here. Do you take something from every one of them, or are you on to Harry? I'm, I'm on to Harry. Um but it's not to say there aren't certain things that have been ingrained in me right? as a player. You know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, Harry's done his best to do that, uh, and I've partaken in his teaching. And there are still things that I uh, implement in my game that, you know, Cromer gave to me, that Magazoo gave to me, that Washburn gave to me. Yeah, it's pretty cool because, you know, it's unique that you have those experiences and you've been able to succeed along the way, changes in positions, changes in side stances and everything. So every one of those guys had to leave a little something. But I love the seriousness of Harry. The attitude that Harry, he said, brought here when he was hired here is, you know – Brought, brought. You not not a line to respect. You guys are always respected, but there's a kind of sense of a tone with you guys that's pretty serious. He has a clear message, and you know we've received it. And having guys like Charles Leno and Cody Whitehair here with me, and you know I've been through, I've been to hell and back with Charles Leno right. um, in our time here. In what sense? I mean, he came in. He he lived on a he lived on an un, in an unfurnished little room, spare room in my house when I first bought my house my second year, in uh, Lake Forest. He slept on an air mattress. I've seen him go from scout team, tried at right tackle. Now he's a one of the most solid left tackles in football, uh, and he's he's got his contract now. And I think it's one of the, the best value contracts in the league. <laughs> Um, and he'll be up eventually, and he'll get to rob somebody, whether it's the Bears or He made a great block on anywhere. Tariq's touchdown run this past week. Made a block, got in space. Week, was in, it, week in, week out. Yeah. You put on the film, and 72 shows up. How about when he's standing up? I think, was it the first week of the season where he's standing up in the bunch formation to the outside right. like he's a sleek wide receiver? That's trust. Uh, you get a guy like Chuck, and he, he delivers every day. He's the same guy every yeah. day. And uh, – you know, I've like I said, I've been to hell and back with him, and he's always been the same. So he's been there for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, not to say we haven't bickered at each other and fought like brothers, but we love each other, and that's the thing about our line. We have a tight room. Your whole locker room, though. You know, that's the bigger picture of your football team. Is you guys have a great off the offensive line is always special because you're always with each other, and there's a brother brotherhood in there that's unbreakable. But your whole locker room is a fun group of guys. Our offensive line is a microcosm of our team. Yeah. And it has been fun to watch and be a part of. It's like nothing I've ever been a part of here. I've felt bits and pieces of it uh, over the course of the last six years. But this year, it's, it is real. It's the real deal. Who's the crabbiest in the morning coming to work? I'll let you think about that. because Charles else- Leno. <laughs> oh, right, there you I, go. I, I would have never guessed. Yeah. No, he's not, that guy's always got a smile on his face 100% of the time. Did I see him anyway? Crabby? He's smart. Hey, you catch him before 8 a.m.? Man. Same with me, unfortunately. (laughs) All right, we need to take a break. We'll continue our conversation with Kyle Long. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW people to get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Kyle Long, our guest here on Bears All Access. We're with you until the top of the hour. Paul Zerangler, engineer, and Dan Brilli, our producer here from Hallis Hall. As the Bears get ready for the New England Patriots, I uh, heard you earlier today in the locker room uh, 
just emphasizing the hunger that this team has to win. And I think that's an advanced thought for a young team with a sprinkling of veterans like yourself. It's a good thing. It is a hungry locker room. You can see it. You can hear it every day. The way you guys practice, what you said about the locker room being as tight and a microcosm from your offensive line of what the greater group is from the coaching staff on down and just listening to everybody this week. A, I think you guys are a little ticked off. You lost. And now you go up against the mighty Patriots with that kind of hunger. You know, I don't think there's a better opportunity in football than to play the Patriots after a big loss, um, especially when they have a three-game winning streak and we get a chance to come to Soldier Field. And, you know, anybody can say, well, we're at home. We want to put on a good show. The way our fans have been this year and the way our team has been at home this year, I think, uh, you know, it, it couldn't be a better a better setting for a, a great football game. And obviously uh, this team – being a part of this team, I've, I've never practiced so hard in my life. And I'm not talking about just doing, you know, ladders and uh, up-downs, that kind of stuff, because that doesn't happen. I'm talking line it up. They know what we're doing. We know what they're doing. Let's see who's better. We do it every day, and we bring it. And, uh, you know, our, our scout team, credit to them, they play their butts off all week. They don't get to go out there and put the C on their helmet on Sunday. But they know that when we're out there as an offensive line and we're running the ball or we're giving Mitch time, that's because of what they did all week. And, you know, our guys that are out there against Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and Eddie Goldman and Leonard Floyd are the same ones that are cheering loudest when they're making sacks, when they're making tackles for loss, because that's the nature of this team. It's uh, it's symbiotic. We've got guys working for one another and not working for themselves. And this is honestly the first time in your career you felt like this. Uh, there, there's been sprinklings of it throughout my career, but it is an everyday thing and it's, it's organic. It's not something you have to manufacture. We show up and we compete and we have fun. Well, you know, what was cool for us during the preseason games when the starters weren't playing very much. The backups that came in and played were really well prepared mentally, physically for the scheme that they were, they were learning at the point. And it's kind of tells you something about the entire coaching staff here. Every one of them are good coaches. They have their guys mentally prepared, and they went out there and played the preseason games. The guys that went out there competed and looked good did it, doing it, and they became better football players along the way, which is important. Yeah, it speaks volumes about the operation as a whole. And, uh, you know, Ryan Pace has done a great job bringing in the right people. Uh, I've been so impressed with Coach Nagy up to this point, and obviously it'll be, you know, nothing's really going to change. It's going to be the same. Uh, I really enjoy the way that he brings a attitude into this building, and he sets the tone for us in the morning when we have our team meeting, and then it just carries on throughout the day. Uh, you know, where were you, uh, we ask everybody this? Where were you when Khalil Mack deal went down? How did you find out about it? And did you think people were kind of fibbing when they were calling you? <laughs> well, I remember because you know I've gone uh, zero dark thirty with Mr. Trubisky on the social media. As you, as, uh, I don't know if you've realized. Well, he doesn't know what that means. I've been off of Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> I've been off of Twitter. <laughs> Tom and, doesn't know what Twitter. Yeah, know. I know what Twitter. He's, he's like, like a little bird, bird though. Tweet, you tweet. Know, social media as a whole. I've been off of it, but uh, I, I found out because I got. I have the little ESPN alerts, uh, and, I, and I got an ESPN alert on my phone. I was laying in bed, <laughs> and it was like, you know, 7.38 in the morning. I think it was like a Monday, right? What was no, it? it was Saturday, Saturday morning. Because I remember yeah. I was off, so it was. Yes. Um, and I got, a, you know, I got an alert, and I immediately texted my dad, and he was out west, so I knew he wouldn't get it for a few hours. And, uh, you know, he texted me, 
OMG. <laughs> oh my God. Like right. this is huge. And uh, I just remember being, I was run. I was running around screaming cause, uh, you know, I've played the guy I've had to prepare against him and you know, there's, there aren't many guys who can do what he can do in the NFL. Right. It, it, it's, it was kind of cool for all of us. And add, add fans. that to our defense. Right. Right, and then you th- you know the development continuous development of Roquan and stuff, and because he was really fresh at the same point that Khalil got here, and you say, "Wow, these guys are going to come in and compete on this team." It, it's just going to make the defense so much more fun to watch, difficult to prepare for. But you know, you think you get ready to play for New England, you know, as as great as their quarterback is, you know, you'll never see a second of them because you're going to be prepared for a defense that's pretty complicated in its own right. Yeah, and that's you know that's a credit to their prep, uh, and an, another example of management bringing in the right guys. And you see so many different guys. Th- there's a few fixtures there in New England, right? But every year there's new guys that they can plug and play. And aside from the the linebackers and a few of their guys on the defensive line, all those guys can be moved around and play different positions. They're so versatile, and I think that is really something that can confuse an offense and. They can make simple things look very complex. You know, and two, these are probably two of the better offensive line coaches in the league. Harry and um, what's their guy, Skarnecki or something? Oh, Dante Skarnecki. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, both of the guys famous. Two, right, he is, yeah, he is famous, and they're a really well-gelled offensive line just like the Bears are. So you look at different components to the battle of the underlying element is the two offensive line coaches are really well-schooled and – they have they're great technician and fundamental teachers. I mean, Tom, we, we it's no secret games are won and lost up front. I know that. <laughs> you know. Hey, you know what? You know what his biggest line is? I think, Jeff, I may not know a lot of things, but I know football. Yeah. I know offensive line, and he does. He's a, he's an expert at that, no question. But uh, and you know, a lot could be said about uh, the outcome of that game uh, on Sunday in Miami. That you know, the scoreboard is lighting up in the league. You brought it up today too. But it's still one in the trenches. It still is. I defy anybody to explain it any other way to me. It, because something big's got to happen up front for you to win a game, either offensively or defensively. And no matter what the scoreboard says, it's not seven-on-seven seven football as everybody likes to make it sound. It may feel that way sometimes. Am I, am I talking about well, No, about- I mean, the thing about it, your offensive line, yeah, it's the offense and defensive line, but they got to pack some component. It's like Frank Gore being down there at, at the stage of his career with Miami. It's Jordan Howard here at this stage. You know, you, you come out and you bring that pounding to attitude of an offensive line, including the tight ends, and you bring one of those backs with you. It, it kind of helps. I'm just wondering what kind of pressure is on a young quarterback, and maybe this is why Bill Belichick is so – tremendous record-wise with he and Brady going up against any young quarterback because you go in the game, you're facing the great Tom Brady. And do you feel, or Aaron Rodgers, like the other kid uh, the other night um, from San Francisco, Beathard, do you feel you have, even with a lead, you feel like you have to, the pressure builds as the game goes on. If you don't score every time you got the ball or every couple possessions, is he going to come back and bite you? Beathard found that out in Green Bay. It happened. He didn't move the ball a couple series, and bam, Aaron gets opportunities. Do you fear that for a, a young quarterback going up against, not not Mitch, but just in general, do they feel maybe inadvertent pressure to, to keep pace with the great quarterback and the ability to score? You know, I, I haven't played a lot of quarterback, Jeff, but I can, <laughs> I, can, I can speak to being a competitor and having to compartmentalize and kind of, you know, having a differentiation between uh, things you can control and things you can't control. And one thing you can control is 
executing your assignment on any given play. And when you start thinking outside of that box, that's when things go south. And, you know, I line up, I have a three technique, the play is such and such, I need to block the three technique. That is all I'm focused on. And, you know, it, it happens more often than not, but when it doesn't happen, what are you going to do? You're going to move on to the next play, and you're going to try to block the two-eye. And, you know, as a quarterback, I'm sure it's the same thing. You control what you can control, and as long as you don't beat yourself mentally, then good things tend to happen because we have a lot of trust for the guys on the other side of our ball. How long did it take you to master this new terminology? Again, that's something that I didn't bring up before. You had offensive line coaches, but now you've had a couple different head coaches, and every single time you change a terminology. And I always talk about how difficult it is for the quarterback to know what he's saying and know how all the other ten guys fit in. So you learn a new system. How long throughout OTAs, training camp and stuff, do you go to? You break the huddle, boom, I know everything against every defense that I'm going to see. Well, well, I think there's base there's base components, and once you figure out the base components, it's uh, you know it's it's pretty simple, really. Uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the other stuff is essentially for the guys on the, right. the outside. You're just listening for that that clue that you figure out which which base language you're going to use. Right. Yeah. You figure out what your buddy is okay with you using and what he's not, and once you have that, then it's kind of like peeling bananas. Do you have, um, you know, kind of like back That's in our put. <laughs> back in our era, we, we had kind of had an offensive line language of our own at the line of scrimmage, so we could talk without giving any hints or clues. Are you guys getting that? Because now you guys have been together for a while, and so there's a lot of time in your stances together. Bobby and I have uh, a, a, a vast <laughs> array of things that we can say, and we know exactly. I mean, sometimes we don't have to say anything. Right. It's we break the huddle, we see what the defense is in, and we can just look at each other. And we, yeah, those expressions can tell a story. We know what it yes. is. Like I bet you and I could line up next to each other, and I'd give you if I was a right tackle, and I'd I'd look at you, and you'd say, "Yep." Yep. <laughs> was it hard for you to go to Miami for that one season to learn that if you spent everything in one offensive line, one scheme for your whole career? Well, it was. Was it, your head Jerry spinning? Sandusky was the offensive line coaches, and now so I'm going against with Walter Payton as a teammate with Neil Anderson and facing eight man fronts always. So there's always an extra tackler near the line of scrimmage. So then I go down to Miami and there's Dan Marino, and now it's four and maybe five man fronts. It's like payday. You get you get a four man front. And you got five offensive linemen. It gets four defensive rushers with they Dan Marino. You got a Marino. bunch of DBs out there, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's glory time. So the it, the the biggest reason to go down to the Dolphins was to sit in team meetings with Don Shula for a year and learn about AFC football and passing and stuff. And it was it was a great. It was like a classroom that you can't pay for. That's Tom Thayer, Kyle Long with us. I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll continue on with Bears All Access after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This Sunday's game against the Patriots is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, the official healthcare provider of the Chicago Bears. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Kyle Long, our guest on Bears All Access. Your brother obviously won a Super Bowl with Bill Belichick. Uh, you were there. I'm sure you spent some time. You've met Bill. You've talked to Bill. What's your impressions of this wonderful head coach? I think he is an absolute throwback. Um, he's as prepared as anybody, and he's he's as obsessed as anybody I've ever been around. And he's got his hands in everything. Um, he's you know nothing is overlooked. I think in in the Patriots facility by Bill, and you know it shows every everything is uh, you know everything is as he wants it to be. And he has an understanding of what he wants, and good things tend to happen up there. 
Uh, more often than not, as you can see, my brother was up there for a year. Super Bowl, he's got that ring, and now he's got a second ring. Uh, you know, Chris is a Chris is a heck of a heck of an investor, I'd say, in football teams. Does he love it? He still love it? Yeah, he loves it. I mean, the guy's a wacko, uh, absolute psychopath. He's what thirty? He's thirty three now. Uh, I think it's year eleven or tw- year twelve. And he's just he's rolling, man. He's, can can you see yourself playing double digit years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there was there was a couple of years where my body was just so beat up, and I man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But you know, you you wake up on Monday, and you know, I woke up after the Dolphins game. I felt great. Uh, I was itching to get back to practice. You know, today we practice hard. As I said, we practice harder than I've ever practiced here. And you know, I took I did the I took some some rest days in training camp and I haven't been taking those because my body doesn't need them anymore. And I think the the harder I go and practice, the more able my body is to, to withstand, you know, the storm in the season. You like the schedule after the game where you guys get it with the day off right after the game. Then you come in on Tuesday and then start your work week. Cause you know, throughout the course of time, your head coaches construct your time differently during the course of the season. And you know, there's subtle changes. Do you like the tempo you're on? You know, there, there's there's uh, definitely positives and negatives of it. Um, I've had it where we've come in on Monday, right, and mo- Monday morning, and watch the film and head off Tuesday. But uh, I kind of enjoy it. You know, it gives you time to decompress. You've been, you know, once Sunday night rolls around and the game's over, you've been with your you've been with your guys, however many hours. It's nice to have that one day decompress, hang out. Uh, catch up on your shows, watch a little film, rest your body, and then you know you get kind of a half rest day, half film day, get a good lift in on Tuesday. So, so there's there's good and bad to it, but at the same time, it is what it is. There's not much I can control as as long as I get a chance to hit somebody come Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be happening here uh, real quick against the Patriots on Sunday at Soldier Field. By the way, our pregame at nine, kickoff at noon over on WBBM. Make sure you listen in. A rare appearance from Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. It, it hasn't happened often, and uh, it's always fun for us to call games that involve great players, future Hall of Fame players, and we've seen plenty both in here and, and outside, so we'll be looking forward to, to see Tom Brady and company. Um, as you talk about this team and, and the tightness, we can talk about it all we want. You know, There's plenty of uh, people out there that probably hear us talk about the Bears. Well, you know, you said that a couple years ago, too, about the Bears and – but uh, you only take what you have in front of you. And what we see and we evaluate as, as broadcasters, Tom and I do, what the context of the moment is. And then when you end a season, you can review your context and see where, where things went well or not. But I'm 100% convinced that what is in this locker room is how you just described it because I feel it every day. Tom feels it every day. And there is something different here. There is something very different going on. And... I don't think there's just going to be – there's an obsession because he wants you to be obsessed, but not an obsession about taking a tough loss. I think it's going to be turned around as a learning experience, and that's how Matt wants it, and that's how he wants you guys to think. Is that easy to do? It's always a tough pill to swallow losses. Um, and unfortunately, I kind of uh, – you know, my palate was expanded in the first few years because I got so used to the taste of, of losing – and it is really refreshing to know that week in, week out, we have uh, not only a chance, but a good chance of winning. And it feels great to be on a team where guys are playing for one another and guys are willing to put the extra effort in and guys are staying late, coming early. 
nobody's complaining about it. And like I've I've gone back to the physical demand of our practices a few times in this interview, but it's something I keep drawing on because I mean we are really callousing each other. And you know, if you were to tell me that we were going to go to overtime against the Dolphins, and you put that film on and we're going, it looks like the first quarter. I mean, it really does. It's physical football, guys playing their butts off, defense making a stand at the goal line, offense driving the ball down the field. Um, granted, we'd like to finish better, but uh, you know, our, our team is prepared every week. We are prepared, and when we get off that bus, whatever stadium we're at, whatever city we're in, we have a chance to win. You know what's kind of neat by for us that have been exposed to Coach Nagy at the podium is everything he says is the exact right thing to say. And he always talks about the process of just getting better the next week. And like you talk about, yeah, we're practicing hard, man. We're getting at it. We're on the field and we're physical. But I think that's kind of the preached process of Matt. The, re- the way this is going to get better is by hard work and practices. And like you said, you've referenced it a couple times. So the message we see out of Matt – it's prob- hopefully the same message you're getting in team meetings, maybe a little bit more aggressive at times or more corrections, but it's good for us to hear from Matt. Yeah, you have to – I've heard this from a number of players. You know, I watch a lot of the, the networks and stuff like that um, just because I'm a fan like everybody else, you know, and I watch whether it's ESPN, NFL Network, uh, and I listen to a lot of great players that are now in suits and ties up there, and they talk about – the culture change in different locker rooms and how teams are becoming winning teams. And one thing that I hear over and over again, you have to learn how to become a winning team. Mm -hmm. And that's not an overnight thing. And for a lot of guys that have been here, it hasn't always been that way. Right. And things have to change. It's not like you just snap your finger and it happens. The little things matter. The details matter. Being obsessed with it, it all matters. Um, You know, whether it's getting your sleep at night or eating the right way, um, staying after watching film, any little thing you can do. I mean, Harry's got us out there. We're out there voluntarily. Like, literally, we got guys going out 20, 25 minutes before practice because they want to do extra stuff. Right. Um, and that that's the thing that I'm most proud of as a teammate. And there's guys staying after doing the same thing, and there's older guys helping younger guys. I see Charles Leno with Rashad Coward every day working on working on his sets. And – that's that's a you know that's a testament to the the culture that's being instilled here it's a win it's a winning culture yeah but you know you're you're right about the learning to win you know it's not just a cliche um i think after the green bay game because it, it didn't get finished the way you wanted it to and i was trying to make a point so i did i went through everybody's record on the 53 man roster to see who has had winning experiences it's not all on the individual obviously it's a team thing but your record follows you um and you know who had the the most wins on this team bobby massey arizona cardinals yeah so there weren't many though that were above 500 yeah out of that 53 when i and i don't remember I what bobby, percentage bobby was probably well over 500 in arizona yeah, I mean, he was surprised when I brought it up to him. He would have never guessed it. He was going out of the room making guesses. I was going to say Danny. He's up there. Yeah. Absolutely. He's got a ring on his finger. Uh, so so does you know, Trey Burton and, and I think Chase Daniel as well. Anyway, we've got to take a break. One more segment to go here with Kyle Long. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thank you to Kyle Long for joining us tonight on Bears All Access. Ruth's Chris would like you to have this $100 gift card to enjoy oh, at one man. of their Chicagoland area steakhouses. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, thank you so much. 
That's the formal presentation of a, a little red envelope. If Thank this you. Was, if this was streaming or in your world of uh, Internet game playing, uh, everybody could have seen the actual presentation. So we have a kick out of it every week. But thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy yourself a nice steak on Ruth's Chris. Tom there, Jeff Gioniak. One more segment to go here on Bears All Access. Uh, the offensive line uh, has been playing very well. Uh, the introduction of James Daniels from series to series. How's that going? And what is your impression of this young man? He's very – he's young. He's young but very talented, big-body guy from Iowa. He's young. He's impressionable. He works very hard. He's somebody that takes coaching well, um, and he's somebody that is is willing to put in the hard work. And like I was saying earlier, I alluded to the extra work. He's somebody that's doing all, all the things necessary. He's uh, he's a good kid, and you know he just turned 21, I think, two weeks ago. Oh, man, I wish yeah, I, think I, back. I, <laughs> right. I wish I was 21 and a rookie. Why does only the left guard slap the center to uh, ignite the cadence? Because I don't want to do that. Really? Yeah, I just okay. want to. I just want to look. Did they at my ask guy. you to? I just said you got it. I just want to look at my guy. Okay, hmm. I, I thought there was a pattern because it seems like it, it might. It's some everybody in the league's doing it. Yeah, it seems like it's semi-consistent. There's probably a couple right-handed guys in there that maybe the guard has a little bit more experience, but. I sat here it wondering. It started with Matt Slauson. Yeah. Uh, Matt Slauson was a left guard for a long time here, and he was my vet. He told me, no, I get to slap him. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy he is, by oh, the way. Matt yeah. Slauson, loved him well, here. Well, they're in a left-handed stance. Their right hand is right there next to the quarterback. You're so, right. You know. What's that do in terms of, if you're analyzing it from a defensive perspective, the tip-off? Does it matter? Well, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, you just got to stay in an awkward tempo. You don't want to, you don't want to have great consistencies in it because even if you're at home and you in the quarterback, there's a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks that'll go blue eighteen, blue eighteen, head hut every time, and then they almost can fall into a vocal rhythm as much as they can. So, you know, all the offensive line is always trying to be deceptive when how they're going to snap the ball. Now the Bears have so much behind movement. That if you get caught off guard, you can watch the, you know, and the broadcast, it's easy to watch the wrong guy. Oh, my God, it happened to me twice. Well, the vantage point was just awful from uh, Miami. That story for another day, but uh, the mesh point on those RPOs, you know, to me, from the distance we were watching the game from the end zone, uh, it looks like Jordan Howard's taking the ball, and there goes Mitch. I don't wait a minute. I got a gotcha. Whitma got me twice, you know, and you know, you don't even, when you're calling a game, you're in another place. Like you're just so dialed into that and you start talking to yourself a little bit. I was like, God, I did it again. I said it on the air, but anyway, um, it, the deception is, is something. I mean, Bill Belichick was throwing you guys, throwing you guys major bouquets this week. Um, Again, trying to win the mental game as yeah. well. Um, really was focused on all the things you guys do as an offense. And it is a lot. It is a lot that you guys do, though. A lot of, lot of, lot of misdirection, a lot of deception, a lot of uh, creativity. Don't yeah. you agree? Yes. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, I'm not asking you to give me any secrets. I'm I, just making a point that, I yeah. Wanted, I wanted to go, but, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, it's, It is fun. It's a fun. It's a fun offense to be in. It's fun. Even for an offensive lineman. It's a lot of fun. It's always fun as an offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go back. I like when you get out there and pull, though. That's fun, too. That's one of my favorites. I, you know, I was telling Kyle early in the year, it's disappointing because some of the most devastating blocks he's had, there's been a penalty that's happened. So you don't get to see it replayed countless amount of times because of a, of a re, of the the penalty that happened. So, and 
you know, it's there. It is unbelievable when you go out there and get to a second level, and you have a guy standing in front of you that has no chance. It's fun, you know. You, you hit somebody just as big as you about sixty times a game, and you only get about five or ten times a game where you get to go and hit a little guy. And that's always fun because they usually talk the most smack. Oh, it's so fun that you have no mental interruption as you're running over this guy because it's like if you if you're getting ready to go and have a a, a confrontation with a linebacker that's 260 or a defensive end that's 290, there's a little bit of thought that goes into the positioning of it. But when you have a DB, it's just the train whistle and here he comes. <laughs> the train hey, I'll, I'll go back to the the cadence stuff that uh, Tom was talking about. You know those D linemen. They're so simple-minded. It's like all they do over there is, is they just they're in wood shop all day, and you know, offensive linemen were very cerebral. There's a lot going on. Yes, but as a D lineman, you know, they're like it's like Pavlov's dogs. You know, you don't want to get them thinking a treat is coming. So you got to mix it up a bit. I, I love that comparison. And way, way back when, when I started covering football, I've had discussions about the difference between an offensive lineman, and you described it exactly as every offensive lineman does, and these guys are just, you know, r- r- raggedy uh, dirt balls that don't do anything but, you know, go rush Hey, the they're, they're built for three and out. You know, an offensive lineman, they got to be built for 70 plays, staying on the field, never get substituted, stay out in that heat from start to finish. You get the – they have a different mentality, and defenses are built, you know, they're – three and out guys have you ever got under anybody's skin to the point that you regretted it because they really did get them riled up and they started to whoop a little bit uh i know well i mean other than the one this little disturbance down in st louis that one time well forget about that i'm talking about i think he got under my skin and he he regretted it uh i'd say the the only the only guy that uh i I have fun with is is akeem hicks uh in training camp and i mean we battle and he's as physically uh, dominant a player as you'll see in the NFL. He's massive and he, he's a lot of fun to play against and he, he'll get you ready for the season. I'll pick you but, two guys in a street fight and I'll be happy. Because the, the two of you guys the defending part, the rest of the team, that's all you need. The Oop. hard part is signing him up to be on my side. Yeah, well. We go at it so much. The last play of the game the other day, you took exception to that guy that was trying to hit a little bit late and you drove him into the oh, ground yeah, and was, kept driving. We kept saying, no, 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 Kyle, yeah, on the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, well. You rolled them right over the pile. You know, you look in the rear view and you say, well, what if that had pushed us back and yada, yada, yada. But he's on Jordan late, so I want to get him off. That's I agree. My buddy, hey, Jordan Howard. go kick some Patriot tail. How about it? You got it, bud. Sunday at Soldier Field, fans are going to be cranked up. Looking forward to the great matchup. Appreciate all your time. Thank you, you know guys. it's valuable. Thank you. Kyle Long, our guest here on Bears All Access. For Kyle and Tom Thayer, Paul Zeranger, Engineer, and Dan Barilli, I'm Jeff Joniak. Have a great night, everybody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW Athletic physical therapy and Ford.